0: This meeting
1: is being recorded. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Real Management Talk with LJ and Jocelyn. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm LJ. And we want to welcome you to our live broadcast of us recording our next podcast episode. Woo! Now, what's really fun is we just do this um as a regular conversation you get us raw you get us unedited this is who we are and this is the way we roll and we like it this way so that's right right and and this week if if you're watching um this later or even if you're watching right now you'll you'll know you know it's hat day so um we have our various head coverings this week
0: (laughs) jocelyn looks fabulous and she's got some nice hair under that hat
1: well lj you look fabulous too we got we both have some fabulous looking earrings on as well so so here we go so lj i've got quite the topic this week Okay, it's been bothering me for a few weeks.
0: Okay, what is it? What's going on?
1: Boards of directors and executive directors. Oh. Who literally don't know what each other are doing.
0: Mm-mm. Now, they don't. There,
1: there's one instance that I think I briefly shared with you a couple of weeks ago, because it was just so, like, I went, like, are you kidding me? Like, I thought I'd seen everything in all the years that I've, for, well, I mean, you know, I'm realistic enough to know, right, that that we haven't, every time you think you've seen everything, you really haven't, but this thing, that that story just took the cake, right? I mean, but but recently, I mean, I just learned of, of some other instances, and I'm like, what is going on? So I thought that, that we should talk about it and um, you know so I'll start off a little bit with the story from a couple weeks ago what do you think I mean it, let's do it it's so good Everyone's it's so hard to believe say. right
0: <laughs> yeah
1: you were like what
0: you didn't it's just not say a fabrication that.
1: right this is not a fabrication and by the way guys the first part I'm going to start with here is literally not the worst of what you're not supposed to do. So let's start with the ED side of things, on things that executive directors or leadership members of organizations should not do. We're talking specifically the leadership team that actually reports to the board of directors. Now, sometimes that's one person, sometimes it's a couple of people. It, It really depends on how the board is structured. Um, sometimes these people are also on the board. But these are these are just tips on what you should not do. Okay, you ready? Okay, mm-hmm. tip number one. You cannot go take a 60, 90, six-month sabbatical without telling your board or anybody else in your organization.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, it's just bad form when your board finds out from a third party that you have done this. I'm just saying it's bad form.
0: I was surprised when you told me that. I was like, there's no way that actually happened. And it's it's just, it's like a whole new level of unprofessionalism. But better than that better than that. It's, <laughs> it's the professionalism. It's the incompetence of it all. You cannot say that you're a competent executive director and do something like that. And then there's the just outright disregard for your obligation to that organization and to the, the board of directors. I mean, you have like a fiduciary obligation to the organization in that capacity. And for you to do that, it just, it's it threatens the entire existence of that organization. You know, you know, don't even think about growth and sustainability. We're talking about maintenance, (laughs) maintaining, you know, that when you said that I was blown away, I was like, there's absolutely no way that this executive director would be so derelict in their duties. And they just got started. Like they just got appointed to that role. And that's the way that you want to introduce yourself in that capacity to that organization i could never
1: but you know what that's not even the worst of that story the worst of that story is that the board itself did not know and found out from a third party and that piece isn't even the worst of the
0: story. It is. It really is. That is the worst. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, but actually, that that, that it does, but there's more. The more is the board found out and they didn't care.
0: Oh. Interesting. So how many staff members are at that organization? couple. Interesting. So they're used to running the show without an active executive director. It's hard to say. Interesting.
1: Yes, but see, as a board, item number two here. You need to care if the leadership people you've put in place disappear on you <laughs> for long periods of time or have something major happen and you are never informed. I'm saying if you're a board member, you need to care. Hmm. You have a fiduciary responsibility to run that organization. You're not living up to it. If your leadership, that staff leadership that you've put in place can disappear. I don't care if it's for a week or it's for six months without you knowing. Hmm. And that when you do find out. Granted, they should have been the ones to tell you, but when you do find out, you still don't care. You just broke, you literally just broke the law because boards have fiduciary responsibility and whether you realize it or not, it's actually grounded in law. And y'all are about to have some serious issues if you're going to do this,
0: right? And delinquency being one of them, right? I mean, come on.
1: <sighs>
0: this is easy delinquent status, easy. That's insane and it's sad, but you know, I love that you brought that up and you opened us with that example because of the example of what not to do because the issue, and you and I were talking about this before we hit record, the issue that I think we need to address, redress, as leaders, nonprofit leaders, especially uh, social entrepreneurship leaders, especially social impact uh, leaders, especially, we need to redress this notion of procedural justice. Because the absence of procedural justice, which is exactly what that is an example of (laughs) the absence of procedural justice it shakes your entire foundation, your entire foundation that which you build that house, that structure, that organization on top of, it's cracked. It's no longer integral. The structure needs to be fixed. It needs to be repaired. Procedural justice is one way that we get there. You know, we talk about how we make decisions, how we uh, you know can make considerations how we make um, determinations as leaders as entrepreneurs of our organizations those things have to be based in ethics, in particular procedural ethics you know do you make the decisions do you you know do you bend the rules for some people and then other people you know they get the slide because of who they are you know. We have to make sure that there is fairness, we have to make sure that there is is a, a very clear intent for. Um, uh, rule making and rule instituting and following those rules, you know we always want to talk about breaking them and, in reality, most all of us have to at some point. Uh, when we're working at you know any place, but the reality of the fact is that. It's about consistency. It's it's about your day to day. If you find yourself having to break the same rule every single day, then that rule needs to be altered. It needs to be amended. You know, that's an organizational piece for us to update, for us to look at, for us to change. But if you're breaking, if you know, if you're breaking different rules on occasion in order to, you know, get something accomplished, that's a different type of issue there. You know also under that same umbrella of procedural justice we want to make sure ultimately that we're treating our people and treating information people don't realize you got two majorly important things when you're working for these organizations when you're serving these organizations you got two things to be th- to be mindful of at all times human capital is your greatest asset that's always going to be number one but number two is always going to be information it's always going to be information so when you think about procedural justice just like in this example we've got to be thinking like you said jocelyn we're breaking some pretty serious uh uh, you know rules on a legislative side of the house on a legal side of the house as well as hopefully an organizational side of the house uh, from a human capital standpoint also from an information standpoint big time on both of those sides. And that, again, threatens the existence, the entire existence of that organization. You cannot have these sort of flagrant uh, violations uh, take place and be just be unaddressed. You have to address them. Board of Directors, it's our job uh, to, to lead, to oversee, to manage, Uh, to ensure compliance and quality. That is our job for the organizations that we serve on the board of directors uh, of. And you and I have talked about this in previous episodes. You know, the issue that we have time and time again is we keep getting these folks that serve on these boards and they're there because they want another comma or they want to add something else to the resume. They're not actually performing their duties as directors of a board for that particular nonprofit. And it is... It, you know, when you look at corporate boards, you look at nonprofit boards. It's the thing that's keeping us behind. We can't take up talk about ethics. We can't talk about inclusivity. We can't talk about fairness uh, simply because we have a lot of people in positions of leadership who just simply should not be there. Straight up, simply should not be there. They're not serving anyone's interest well, to include their own. You know, because <laughs> if they actually did their part, they would see some return, I'm sure, uh, personally. But they can't see the return because they're not doing their part and they're not, no one's, you know, well, they shouldn't be waiting for somebody to teach them. They should be looking to get themselves taught. You know, they should be seeking that information on their own. But a lot of people sit back and they wait and they say things like, well, no one taught me that. Well, what information did you seek? You all, you have all sorts of resources at your disposal as a director of a board. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got all pla- sorts of places that you can go to get information uh, to really clarify what the meaning of board service uh, looks like for that particular category of organization. So if you're not looking that up on your own because you're too busy or whatever the excuse is, and you shouldn't be there. Because I mean, what else, what else can you possibly be doing well? I tell people all the time, One of the biggest things about serving on the board is is ensuring that there is business intelligence that is helping you to make the right decision at the time that you're receiving that particular information because you never have all the information that you need. You never do, right? But the whole point is that you have staff, you have the ED, and you have their their staff members there to support them and their vision their principal job for the most part is creating gathering analyzing evaluating business intelligence making decisions as according to business intelligence so if that is not happening on a staff level you know it's not happening on a board level so how then are you supposed to be charged with you know, forecasting where the organization is going, or helping to sustain that organization's progress, if you can't, if you don't know what that is.
1: Well, and that's that's very true. I mean, you know, you have the example of um, other organizations that sometimes are not coordinating with, say, organizations they should be collaborating with because of how they're they're structured. You know. And, um, and so it leads to all kinds of chaos for one thing. It leads to burnout, at least all kinds of stuff. Right. And I think that that's the thing. And it's just, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a for-profit company, this is still just as relevant to you. I mean, think about it. If you had an employee that suddenly just didn't show up, didn't call in, didn't show up, didn't nothing. You tried to get a hold of them. They didn't respond to you. Are you holding their job? I mean, that's the other side of it. Now, you know, I mean, it's, it's sometimes, unfortunately, there is a certain amount of people, especially in about the last decade who seem to think it's okay to just what, they get burnt out but they think it's okay to just walk they'll call it whatever they'll put it out there on the street as to whatever they never talk to leadership they never talk to anything right i mean so it's but i think the thing is that guys if you're running an organization you can't just for one thing, if you're on the leadership team, but even if you're you're just an employee, but if you're you're on the leadership team, the staff leader, on the staff leadership side, you can't just walk away. I mean, I guess physically you can do that, but you <laughs> owe that organization. You you have a duty to that organization too. And by the way, even if you're not on the board and you don't necessarily have a voting voting um rights those, on the board yeah. the truth of the matter is because of the position if you're considered part of the leadership team you too have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that that organization is run the best that it can so that means if you're going to walk away whether you're going to tell anybody you're quitting or you're quitting or whatever it's going to be you need to make sure that there are people in place who could pick up whatever you're supposed to be doing Amen. Um, the board on the other side if your ED comes to you and says you know hey I want to go take the sabbatical and you guys approve it you need to make sure that there's people in place to keep keep doing it or one of you is about to volunteer 40 hours a week yep. I mean it's just I don't know you yeah. know it, lately you just got to kind of go like what is <laughs> up with this craziness
0: it's true, we had a well, we had to get rid of someone recently, but the person before decided to just up and walk. you know they oh I resign effective immediately, and I'm like, resign effective immediately and you have work that you haven't completed. That is something I think when we talk about procedural justice, people, to your point, Jocelyn, need to have some sort of understanding of ethics and morals revisit those two because for me when I work and you already know Jocelyn can tell people better than most when I work with someone or if I work for someone there's just certain things I cannot do and it's it's not necessarily for them it's for me Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is that just that's a question that I always ask is that just you know I always want to make sure that as I'm dealing with different people and I'm dealing with different clients and dealing with different organizations that I have a moral compass that is very obvious. It's very evident in the way that I do business, the way I speak to people, the way that I address people, the way that I, you know, make assumptions. I try to check my implicit bias at the door, things like that, that is driven internally from me. Right. So when I'm going into a place and I'm working somewhere, it's just like me working at the university as a lecturer. You know, if I just decide, you know, hey, I'm not going to teach this course as we planned because I'm on the schedule every every semester, you know, spring, summer, fall, I'm on the the semester for two universities. That's like if I make a decision, you know what, I'm having a really bad year. I just need some time to myself. This ain't going to work out. And I don't tell anyone, I don't tell the program chair. I don't tell my colleagues what's going to end up happening to my colleagues and to my the students that I was supposed to be taking care of. Mm-hmm. you know' it's just certain things. I feel like people don't take the time to really consider the ramifications of their particular actions. You know, we have this selfishness. i I hear people they're so selfish about, you know, oh, well, this isn't serving me. So I think I'm ready to move on. It's I'm chasing the bag and all this other stuff. But what you're not understanding is that the people that are living the life that you wanna live are the people who live a life of peace. They may not be the richest person on the planet but there's nothing more important to me than peace. Peace is it. Peace is what drives pretty much everything that I do. So if I cannot get peace from what it is that I got going on, you I don't care how much you pay me, I can't do it. I value my peace more than everything. You know, that's why I was saying people have to go back to thinking about their own personal ethics and personal morals. So that way we can come, you know, whatever that is, that then is what guides, you know, the decisions that you make when you come out into the world. Because the way that it is right now, folks are just very self-centered and selfish and what it does is it hurts so many people you know unnecessarily unintentionally sometimes too uh that short-sightedness we are we talk about it all the time that myop that myopia that myopic way of of making decisions and and doing you you know throughout life that actually ends up tearing the fabric of of whole communities, because you know, once people see you do it, they think that they can do it too. And then once you see that, you know, replicated across, you know, wide spectrums, now you're having real issues. I don't understand how people don't piece it together, right? Well, people want mentors, but who's gonna mentor you if they don't think if their you know implicit bias is making them feel like you have nothing to offer them? Who wants to be a mentor? Who wants to volunteer time, energy? and effort and volunteer their resources and their network to try to put you on when you wouldn't even do it for somebody else that's from your own community. I don't I don't get the the thinking. The same thing for um, you know, people can't find mentors. Well, well duh, look at how selfish and self-centered we are now everybody's chasing the bag who wants to mentor when all you got to do is chase the bag everybody's trying to go to that same multimillionaire. everybody's trying to be the friend of the billionaire right because everybody wants to be there one day so what's the point of reaching back i reach back once i get where i'm at people are not understanding that in the process of you climbing look at all the people that you're leaving behind look at the children you know, look at all of the people who are left behind who cannot come forth as quickly because the people that should be there to give them that helping hand are too busy with a closed fist chasing the bag. I'm just saying, you keep seeing no, it. I'm, and I'm, I'm like, not,
1: I'm just- Just absorbing what what you said and letting it process. No, well, you're very right. There are certain people that sometimes do get left behind because the people who should be helping them are not helping. But at the same token, there are people who get left behind also because they are not willing to do what they need to do case in point, I was having a conversation earlier today, and we were talking about the difference between, like, especially, okay, so we all know, like, if you look at Robert Karasaki, right, and his whole thing, you've got, he starts with employee, and then you go to um, kind of progress to business owner, and then um, entrepreneur, and then investor. I mean, that's the way he does it, but... I was saying that you know I think this is where people miss things even with companies and everything, which is okay. Most of us, not all of us, but most of us are an employee at some point in our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are some people who, not directly their employees. I mean, there's a, there's an argument like if your kids work for you, like my son works for me, so there can be an argument that he's an employee, but he's not an employee. Right, because we're yeah. we're modeling, we're speeding his path to entrepreneurship up faster. Exactly. But there's a good portion. What I said to people is just because you set up the LLC or the S Corp or even the corporation doesn't mean that you've actually created a business. And people are like, What? Wait, 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 wait. I said, No, sometimes. There are people, the differences is sometimes what we do. And, and, you know, when we first, everybody first walks out into business, right? I mean, part of the thing that's calling us is, for instance, we want peace. Like you're saying, you know, my, one of my highest values is peace. And I'm gonna put that, which is what we should all do. Um, mine is not so much peace as much as it is freedom. Hmm. um you know it, to pursue what i want and so you know i like you have gotten to the point where i'm like does that work with that no th- we're not doing it then you know i mean it's it's not for a client it's not for whatever friends whatever right um i mean peace peace is pretty up there though with with me too right but i mean i mean you know right we all have kind of these different things we measure against uh, up down right if you're watching us on video you're <laughs> gonna see me moving my hands up down hill j- <laughs> but the thing about it is you know I, I said to somebody I said look you go employee and then you go I created a job for myself Thank you. okay so the first iteration is even if you set up a legal entity the first iteration is I created a job for myself that job if you're doing it right you create a business like you develop into a business a business means ta-da folks it's not magic it means that you're actually willing to invest in other people um directly and whether they're wts or they're 1099s uh but basically you have people on payroll that you're delegating to you don't have to have a lot of people it can be one person doesn't matter congratulations you now have a business you do not have a business if you've created a really nice and you know what I'm going to clarify this there is nothing wrong there's literally nothing wrong if all you want is a very nice freelance gig that lets you live into your higher purpose that or the purpose kind of drives me crazy when people say higher purpose anymore the purpose that you were put here for we all have a higher purpose news flash um you know the purpose (laughs) that you were put here for and that you just kind of want to be solo and you know occasionally maybe you contract or you collaborate with somebody and and to be perfectly honest i think there's nothing wrong with that you know hey if you're getting out of it the life that you want But don't say that you're in in business because you're really not in business. You're just a freelance 1099. You've created a job for yourself. Congratulations. On the other hand, the business is where you start adding people, okay? But a lot of businesses never become companies. And guys, there is a mental shift that way. There is an actual um, systems, and processes and stuff that hopefully you've been putting them in place here in the business, but, you know, now you're really shoring this up because you're becoming the company. You can become the entrepreneur along that. You also, you can be a business owner and be an entrepreneur. So a lot of that has to do with mindset shifts, but actually going from business to company is that's really, that's really the thing. So what do you want to be when, if you're in business, what do you want to be when you grow up? The biggest difference is like, you know, for me, the day I realized that we were becoming a company was the day that I was standing in front of my leadership team at our first leadership retreat. Oh my gosh, we have literally progressed this far, right? So this, Twenty-one-year-old company that's grown up with me, so to speak, um, you know, um, and through every iteration, through times that I'm sure that there are investors and other people out there who would have told me to to kill it and make it my starter business, you know, and instead i just, <laughs> you know, I just pivot re- right, but we're emerging into that company. We're we're in that company trajectory. We're becoming, we're building a company. We're no longer building a business. I've done that for 20 yeah. some odd years. We're doing everything that we've learned, we're building the company. No matter where you are on that spectrum is A-OK. But I think the biggest thing that everybody misses is when they decide to go start that first business or second business or third business, whatever it is for you, and it's a nonprofit organization under any of the 29 different nonprofit designations, by the way, guys, you miss it because um, you miss it because you immediately went to company. You immediately went to company. Mm-hmm. That is literally what you did, mm-hmm. and I think that that's where a lot of these problems come from, because even people who get on to the boards, they miss that fact too, and yet they can they can work for a company, and for some reason they, well, as all humans, they bring that knowledge kind of even what's stuck in their subconscious, what we call the subconscious and stuff, over. And they just assume that the stuff's happening and they don't ever ask. Yep. They don't demand. They don't Mm -hmm. demand to see. And that's the problem at the end of the day.
0: Because they never learn They never truly learn what it takes to run that business. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Never truly learn it.
1: Well, and I'd say it's not just that they haven't learned it, they're not willing to learn it.
0: That's it. They're not.
1: So at the end of the day, I I wrote this down because I was sitting here. If you saw me on camera, you see me kind of Mm -hmm. like (laughs) trying to look at the camera, right? But but LG says something really critical here which was is that just and at the end of the day that's that that question or a version of that question is what needs to be asked because are you actually serving the population you're saying you want to serve
0: hmm Effectively. It's true. it's true. Do you represent the population that you serve? Or are you an ally? And what is allyship as according to that particular population, right? That that's the thing. These definitions evolve. You know, these things are constantly evolving. They're constantly changing. People's needs are constantly changing. So we have to be accountable to that. I tell people all the time, you know, even with the uh, home, the board I sit on for, you know, the HUD C.O.C. It, it, we we are focused on homelessness, but in reality, we're focused on housing, and that is not necessarily because of what you know the Housing and Urban Development Department is telling us. That's because that's what the people that we serve are telling us. They're telling us we are housed right here. Some of us are housed right now. And we're about to get displaced. We're about to lose this housing because the shed that's next door to me is on the market right now for 250,000 dollars, and it's only 500 square feet. That's what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. So we have to we have to hear them, the collective them. You know, it can't just be the loudest voices. It's got to be the collective them. We have to do our very best to be reaching uh, plurality. I tell people all the time, with these larger populations of people, it's not about majority. It's about plurality. It really is about plurality. Because you've got to be thinking about people uh, from a cluster standpoint. You've got to be thinking about clusters. Mm -hmm. And there's clusters within the clusters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, there is, right?
0: We have to be cognizant of that.
1: Well, I mean, you and I see it. you know, we, for instance, we have an application process for the podcast because we're yep. getting ready to bring our first ever guest on. We are, um, so and you know, this 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 episode that we're recording here. Uh, so hopefully, I'll upload this in order. Uh, <laughs> Um, is uh episode number 31 it's the 31st episode we've actually done since we began recording in (laughs) in 2020 you know i mean it's but but there's there's a you know there's processes there's there's procedures we have there's things that you know sometimes lj and i have to sit down and work it out one, one of us will say well don't you want that and the other will say well, you know and and we go back it's and like i don't know yet yeah i don't know yet or yeah i don't think i do or you know or, or, yeah, no i'm open to it but but i want you to hear me and it's the same thing which is we want each other to hear each each other. Now, sometimes we're saying it in a way that one or the other of us saying it in a way, and we're like, oh, "Wait, I didn't mean it that." This is what I'm trying to do. Which lately, guys, is a lot more me than, um, <laughs> you know, let's be honest, because the way my brain is functioning right now, guys.
0: Well, that's part of the process. You know, funny we funny. we came into this together, and so we make decisions. Together exactly, and that you know, the integrity of the process,
1: is the integrity is it just, of the process, right?
0: Okay.
1: it would be yep. so. I mean, that that's the that's the whole thing, that's what we're saying, guys. Whether you are an employee and you're just listening to this and you're just trying to learn about this world, you know, and you find us entertaining, and we're your entertainment every Friday night, someplace in the world. Okay, fine, great um you know you you've decided to build you know you left as I don't know why everybody keeps saying well I left corporate what is (laughs) up with that I'm sorry that's like a whole different podcast we could do on that right but but it's not I left you know um whether you left doing what you were doing you just went wait a second I just I don't feel that this is what I'm called to do, or I just want to go. Maybe you're like me, like a lot of years. I didn't know what I want to do, what I was called to do. I just knew I was good at a whole bunch of stuff. I used to have people ask me, why do you have so many jobs? I mean, you know, but ultimately what I did do for a living, that experience made me really good at that. So that was my path. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, maybe you are somebody who's freelancer, you work a lot on contract, you've built yourself a nice little, you know, quarter of a million dollar a year enterprise, so to speak, to you, you don't really have, you know, it's basically you, or it is you, and you're good with that, that's fine, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, no matter where you're going, but there's still procedures and processes and how you have to talk to people and being honest with people and you know, um, in the last year, I've always been very transparent with my clients, my friends, but sometimes I think I wish I would not be so transparent, but that's a different thing. Um, but having said you
0: that,
1: you know, a lot of my clients have had some real transparency from me because I've had to be because of this this long haul struggle with what's known as long COVID. Mm-hmm. And you know, have, has that always made us even perfect as a company and as a team? No, because sometimes my team is trying to catch up with me. There were some stuff going on in the first quarter of this year that I didn't even realize was going on to such point that my team didn't realize that I really needed help in a certain area. And I literally sure. just had to tell a client that because I would stand there and talk to the team about it. Like if I was looking at it, whatever, I could pull it up and talk about it. So they thought I had it in hand
0: mm-hmm.
1: because there wasn't anything to indicate to them that, oh, wait, Jocelyn needs help with this. Oh, she's got it, right? Um, and I didn't realize that I wasn't expressing the fact that I needed help. So now I've had to go tell the client, <laughs> right? And, and it's this this whole thing, but we have processes and you've got to own things. And you have to make things. And guys, you know, at the end of the day, you can't just go take a six-month sabbatical because you dang well feel like it, or you decided that you just got too overwhelmed today. Okay. Mm-hmm. As as I said, the LJ um, from mm-hmm. the millennial standpoint, please don't take offense. But you've just gotten too <laughs> overwhelmed today and decided that you just can't deal with that this week. So you're going to just take off and not tell anybody. That is not being a responsible human being. <laughs> On any level.
0: <laughs> human being, guys, not adult. Human being.
1: <laughs> no, I'm saying human being.
0: It's so bad. I can't with my generation. I cannot with my generation.
1: Oh, heck, I can't even have the time with my own generation. That the first generation, <laughs> be my generation. I'm like, what in the world are y'all thinking? <laughs> but on a happy note, though, you know, my niece got married last, last about right. Well, wow. She's last Friday night. And um, I had absolutely nothing in my closet to wear for the wedding. Um, because they had well over time and with the pandemic and stuff i've lost a lot of weight i got rid of a lot of stuff the pandemic didn't necessarily require me to go replace stuff and in the middle of all of it they decided that they were having a country western themed wedding so there we go so i'm looking it at is. my closet and i either had too dressy for weddings you know, <laughs> stuff i would normally wear in the weddings or not dressy enough you know and my sister-in-law said to me she's like you can wear jeans and I'm like oh hell no <laughs> like, I'm sorry, looking
0: like Michaels.
1: <laughs> that, that is going against like With right? a
0: bandana and some spurs on your feet
1: yeah I mean you know I, I'm just like <laughs> know, um, so we get to to the wedding was in a different state we get over there so um i was on some business calls and my husband and son went walking around and they came back and they're like hey the store isn't opening up but da, da, da. so i go into that store and um the owner's there her name's shannon and she um i said to her you know look at this one am trying to you know your store seems to have kind of what i'm sort of thinking well you know in in the in all of that i think we found a lot of jocelyn's new style the new jocelyn the new style you know so the blue hair was the the interim phase and so the hat is part of that and i'm like wow and you know i can't tell you how excited i was put on when i wore the wedding i think you've seen the picture I had never thought that I could wear anything like that. So I've never tried anything, especially as I got older. I was like, there's just, you know, like, I can't wear that like a lot of women do. And I was like, dang, I I, like I put it on. And I mean, I think I was just about bawling because I was just like, dang, I can actually wear this, you know.
0: so that's what I'm talking
1: about.
0: Yeah. All right. You look fly fly and fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) ha.
1: You haven't seen all of it, but you guys have seen a few of the outfits. And today I'm experimenting a little bit, but um, with some other stuff I have in my closet. So I love it when I can buy pieces and then mix and match them all together. So that's yeah. that's me. But you know, I think I think that's the thing, though, guys. Is what we're talking about at the end of the day, though, is or what I'm talking about is <coughs> sheer communication. You know, I may let you go take a six-month sabbatical if that's what you need to do. But by the way, you can't spring it on me. And at least in my company, so I'm just going to say this out there for the world to say. You show up and tell me I'm taking a six-month sabbatical and I'm leaving tomorrow or I'm leaving this afternoon or it's effective immediately or whatever. I'll say, have a great sabbatical I hope you have a great sabbatical. By the way, we'll be mailing you your final paycheck on the next payroll run. Okay. Unless it's in a state that we actually have to cut it for you right now, then we'll cut you your check. And you know, I don't do well with last minute plans, fine. That's the other thing is I've gotten older and I've gotten clarity. You know, I've gotten down to what my non negotiables are.
0: I got clarity. These are a non negotiable, darling. This is a succession plan that does not involve you. Congratulations.
1: Right. You know, the story that you you were telling me earlier about, um, you know, some folks that, that unfortunately no longer work for you either. And, you know, and sometimes where that decision comes from, too, on, on your team. But it's the whole thing about backing that decision up.
0: That's right.
1: You know, my That's team right. told me that about someone, too. And it killed me a little bit, but um, I, I backed them up because I knew it was the right decision. And at the end of the day, it comes down to I'm building a company. If I just want to build build um, employees and keep having churn, well, then I keep building a business. But if I'm building a company, I'm going to make the best decisions that there are to make. I mean, I should be making them in the business too, guys, so don't get me wrong. You should be making them at the business level. But if your vision of where you want things to be is bigger than you and, and bigger, you, you don't get there by yourself. And if your vision of your nonprofit is truly impacting your community, you don't let this excuse me crap go on. Okay, I didn't say the other word this time. So.
0: Nice. Nice save. Okay. <laughs> PG-13. We kept it PG-13. I'm doing
1: PG-13 this time. <laughs> um. Although, for the, they always make me say, you know, what type of audience is, is this for? So, we always just mark an adult just to, you know, make sure. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you're letting your children listen and we say something that's, you're not, well, you know, you need to take responsibility for that. <laughs>
0: Terrible.
1: Yeah, I'm on a roll today. oh boy you know the next time you
0: see us we'll have a guess hopefully hopefully (laughs) hopefully we will
1: next time you see us (laughs) that is our hope oh my goodness okay guys Well, thank you so much out there in Facebook land. Uh, This week, you'll hear our sponsors at the end of this episode because like we totally forgot to take the sponsor break. So, you know, but hey, we on the podcast. So (laughs) how should I put this? We can handle this any way we want. (laughs) That's right. Right. So thank you for listening on Facebook. If you've gotten any great insights, left us comments, whatever, we will be sure to get in there and, you know, give you some feedback, um whether you want it or not, at least tell you thank you for commenting.
0: <laughs> some unsolicited advice might get posted, just saying.
1: LJ's probably not going to let me broadcast anymore. I'm just probably going to facilitate. <laughs> This is the problem. I'm starting to get sleep. (laughs) We don't know what's coming out of this, guys. We're gonna just forewarn you. (laughs) Um, But at any rate, thank you. Thank you everybody so much. If you're listening to us live on Facebook, we greatly appreciate you. Um, We appreciate you giving your time and attention while we have our talk on this week's topic. And so thank you all. Bye.
0: Peace.